0: This is the IndyCar Radio Weekend Rewind with Nick Yeoman.
1: What is up, Verizon IndyCar Series fans? Thanks as always for listening to the Advanced Auto Parts IndyCar Radio Network and checking out the IndyCar Radio Weekend Rewind podcast. My name is Nick Yeoman, and we have just three shows left because there are just two races remaining in the 2017 IndyCar season. Boy, the month of August and summer in general. Has certainly flown by, but we are getting oh so close to crowning a champion at the finale September 17th in Sonoma, California. Today we'll revisit the Bomerito Automotive Group 500 as open wheel racing returned to Gateway Motorsports Park for the first time since 2003. And boy, did it ever with a 310 mile shootout in front of an absolutely massive crowd of Midwestern race fans. Curtis Francois, Chris Blair, John Bc, the entire staff at Gateway deserve a ton of credit. Same could also be said for the great folks from the Bomberito Automotive Group based in the St. Louis area, who were a tremendously engaging title sponsor of Saturday Night's Race. And it proved that you don't have to be a massive top 10 market with a Fortune 500 company attached to an event for a race to be successful. All you really need is for a racetrack, A sponsor, a series, and fans to all buy in, and the results were what I thought was an unbelievably fun weekend in Madison, Illinois. Uh, On track, things got off to a rocky start with uh, even the most veteran of drivers testing the newly repaved service of Gateway, but by the end of the night, everyone was talking about a relationship-changing pass by teammates battling for a championship. Boy, there is a ton to talk about this week as we kick off the podcast with the Gateway Weekend Winners. For Santi Garutia as he enters turn number three. What a pass, what a drive for the driver from Uruguay, Santi Garutia, through turns three, out of turn number four. He's gonna see the checkered flag, and the driver from Uruguay is gonna win here at Gateway Motorsports Park. He'll take Brian Bullardi's organization to victory lane.
2: So I wasn't that fast on the straight, but I was really good and strong on turn one and two. So I know the restart is gonna be, it was about to be difficult, and that happened. I mean, Juan passed me, and then, you know, I had only one shot to pass him, but it was right after the restart, and I did it. So I'm very happy about that. I'm very happy that we keep the championship alive, and, uh, yeah, we came here to uh, the goal to win the race, and we win the race. So, yeah, I have nothing to say, just that I'm happy, and thank you to my sponsors, uh, Team Kupataya, and Master 0 in the Indy, like everyone who is involved in this program just thank you.
0: And already have a car into the wall in turn number two and it is the 10 of Tony Kanon. and Will Power climbs on it first as they come down the main straightaway. We see the green flag is out and it's Power leading Newgarden by about a half a car length. Elio castro Davis wants that third spot. They begin to exit turn number two now and Will
3: Power's in trouble at turn two, Jake. As a matter of fact, he's got company just behind him. I believe that might have been Charlie Kimball. Will Power had his teammate Joseph Newgarden go flying around him and sent that number 12 machine into the wall. And in doing so, there were two behind him that got collected in it. Ed Carpenter, I believe, was also involved in this incident. We'll sort it all out. But an incident here, if they went under green, Joseph Newgarden was like a cannon going into turn number two. That disrupted the air of the pole center, Will Power, and Will Power made contact with the outside wall in the second turn here at Gateway, Mark.
0: Oh, boy, I'll tell you, an inauspicious beginning, most assuredly, here at Gateway. Elio Castro Nevis in a pit lane. It's a long stop, guys. We've got an issue. He actually stole the car on pit lane. They have stole the car, refired. 13-second stop trouble. for Elio Castroneves. Laps starting to wind down. Jake Query, Joseph Newgarden. Not a lot of time left. You know, they're turning laps in the 25-second range. 33 laps to go at Gateway Jake. They're in turn number three.
3: And I'll tell you who has been impressive since that restart. How about Connor Daly running in the fifth position, trying to close in on Elio Nevis. Pagano, and Newgarden. Gordon are the top two, Get Fraction back, and then that trio of Dixon, Castroneves, and Connor Daly.
0: Yep, and uh, we also see Charlie Kimball trying to pull up on Alexander Rossi, so Kimball runs in the top ten along with James Hinchcliffe, Munoz, and Bourdais. How about ABC Supply and AJ Point? When's the last time we saw two cars in the top ten this late Yeah, great? that's
2: great, and how about Connor Daly in the top five running fifth? Right behind. Elio castro Nevis actually giving him some pressure. But how about Newgard trying to go underneath his teammate going into turn one. They touch going down into turn one. Simon and Newgard. Wow. How amazing was that? I mean, aggressive pass knocks Simon Pagino right out of the way. Guess who's coming? Scott Dixon, after Simon lost so much momentum, putting him from first to third. Pagino got on the radio, guys, and
0: said, he hit me,
2: he hit me. And
0: the uh, call from Kyle Moyer, keep digging, keep digging. They still think they have the car to win it, but clearly Simon frustrated. Uh, Davey, I, I tell you, we had a chance to look at it on the uh, replay, and quite frankly, I don't think Simon expected him to be there. I think it's just a good move by Joseph Newgarden. Hey,
2: one thing for sure, Simon is on the bottom. of the racetrack for a reason knowing that his teammates have a badge or a Joseph Newgarden was faster than he was and trying to keep him back there, but I guarantee it, he had no idea because he left one car link and, and and barely a car lane for him to get by. He did it. It didn't touch hard. It didn't hurt either car, but it was a surprise to him. Looking
0: for win number four. The white flag is out for Joseph Newgarden. Jankey's off of turn number two.
3: Hendersonville, Tennessee is the hometown of Joseph Newgarden and everywhere he has been, he has said that he's nervous. You can never tell It, it Turn number four joseph newgarden mark jane shall bring him home closing in
0: on 100 career starts this is win number seven Quinn checkers out and joseph newgarden will win the Bomberino automotive group 500 here and gateway Well, Joseph, this has become a team ritual with you. You get doused with water, get cooled down. Congratulations. This PPG car was bad fast tonight. Yeah,
1: it was awesome. First off, I just want to thank the crowd for coming out. I hope we put on a good show. Um, You know, obviously there was some fuel saving going on there, but... I was trying everything I could to win that race. I didn't want to lose it because I felt like we had the car to beat, so um, hopefully everyone enjoyed it. And thanks to everyone at St. Louis for the support for IndyCar Series, and um, you know, for us, just having PPG on the car, I feel like it's good luck, so it was a good night. Lastly, the move for the win around your teammate Simon Pagina. Walk us through that. Well, I didn't want to be denied tonight. I felt like you know we, we were in the position to win the race. We lost out um, by just a little bit on the pit exchange. probably even my fault. I just had too much wheel spin getting out of the box. and. You know, I, didn't want to, I didn't want this team to be denied the win uh, because of that, so I, I did everything I could to get by Simon and you know, he gave me a lane and I, I tried to use it to the best of my ability and um, you know, I didn't really mean to touch him, I, it just got real tight in the turn one, so he gave me racing room and uh, it worked out. 31 laps to go, Simon Pagano, you and Joseph Newgarden, it got awful tight in turn one, your perspective of what happened?
2: Now you saw what happened, I don't have anything to say. Uh... It was a great, great show for the fans. I'm really happy for, uh, for Tim Belsky. You know, it's, uh, it was a dominant performance today. Shame we uh,
1: unfortunately let the nine car uh, get some point on us. But uh, it, was, uh, it was a great, great effort from the number one team, Chevy and, and Menard's uh, dominant performance. Fortunately, you got to get down uh, to that with your teammate at the end. Uh, it was way too close to, uh, to be called a fair, fair pass. Will you talk to Joseph and what will you talk to him about? I have nothing nice to say. <laughs> Wow, how about that. Joseph Newgarden scores his third win in four races to extend his points championship lead with a bold move. The teammate Simon Pagino sure didn't seem to respect much with 31 laps to go as Newgarden scores the win at Gateway Motorsports Park. Uh, that pass into Turn 1 is one that I think we're going to be talking about for a few years. And the reaction from IndyCar fans that I've seen on Twitter and on social media has been quite the mixed bag. On one side, I've seen fans point out that That was an awful risky move by Newgarden that could have thrown away great nights for both drivers and handed the win to Scott Dixon, who's really the only driver standing in the way of another Team Penske title. On the other hand, isn't this exactly what you want out of your American superstars? Three races to go, a win on the line, and Newgarden proved that beyond a shadow of a doubt, he's willing to throw away the idea of teammates and go for a win. That's kind of the way that I tend to lean. I don't blame Simon Pagito for being upset about losing a race late. There's really no good way to handle that disappointment. But Simon did leave a lane open for Joseph Newgarden on the inside, and Newgarden determined that it was go time. Uh, Let's also not forget that the new surface at Gateway and the massive topside downforce levels that are soon to change in 2018 made passing very difficult Saturday night. And When those opportunities were there, I think you got to go for him. So where do you stand on the late race pass by Joseph Newgarden at the end of the Boomerito Auto Group 500 Saturday night? Fair or foul? Bold and aggressive? or dirty and unnecessary. Let me know what you think on Twitter at Nyeoman, that's N-Y-E-O-M-A-N, or on the official account of the network at IndyCar Radio. As we mentioned, Scott Dixon was in contention Saturday night, and on a night that he described as damage control, faced with an uphill battle against Team Penske and Chevrolet's Aero Kit Advantage, Saturday night's second-place finish could only be described as a successful one for Scott Dixon. Yeah, it was nice to uh, you know end up where we did. Uh, definitely a, you know a tough race tonight for us. We we knew that we would uh, struggle a little bit. Um, you know we, we could get close. I think we had a better mechanical car. Uh, we could run through one and two very strong, um, but just didn't have you know the straight line speed. And and you could see that towards the end when you know Simon was uh, coming strong down the front straight and had to uh, defend a couple of times there. But uh, it was definitely exciting to watch that pass into turn one. I was hoping it maybe went a little bit different than it did, but uh, you know huge credit to the number nine NTT Data guys. Uh, they did a fantastic fantastic job all night and a huge thank you to the fans this was awesome to come back to St. Louis and uh, see the reception that we got and all the people so excited.
0: A couple races still to go gonna be fun for the championship.
1: Yeah I can't wait it's uh, hopefully two strong races for us we we'll see how it plays out it's definitely going to be tough you know tough competition but uh, you know we'll see what we can pull. So it's Joseph Newgarden, Scott Dixon and Simon Paginot on your Gateway Podium Final two drivers in the top five were Elio Castroneves and Connor Daly, and their outlook on Saturday night's race could not have been more different. First, we'll hear from the Brazilian championship contender, who was frustrated with a mistake from his own doing on pit road late in the event, and then the American, Connor Daly, who scored easily the best result for A.J. Foyt Racing in 2017.
4: The boys did a phenomenal job, especially the group number three, put me in the lead, but unfortunately I I made a very... um, costly mistake uh, coming to the pits when i went to press the neutral button unfortunately it wasn't enough to uh, disconnect from the first to neutral and uh, when i released the clutch uh, the car just stole it and uh, obviously uh costly mistake we still end up going to third but and then uh not the pits because we burned so much fuel then uh, obviously i uh, end up being very costly uh, great job joseph but i'm very disappointed in the stage uh, uh, championship, m- small mistakes can cost big, and that was not only small, it was a big. So I'm very uh, disappointed.
1: All right, Leo has comes home with a fourth place finish here at Gateway.
0: Connor Daly, you've had your ups and downs throughout this year. This is definitely enough. Congratulations, you really wheeled that car today.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was hard work. Uh, but I did it to myself. Uh, you know, I, I slid uh, into the pit box, which was totally my fault, and I hated that. But uh, thankfully, we had a restart to go for it. And I love the high lane. I learned from Thomas Schechter back in the day that I'd always go high on the restarts. So uh, that's what I went for, and uh, and I worked on all the restarts. I mean, it was like six positions, like total, in the, both those restarts. So. I just have to thank the team, and they gave me a great car. It was awesome all night, never went off, incredible pit stops. Um, so, yeah, I'm just really thankful to be here. Congratulations. Thank you, St. Louis. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Connor Daly certainly echoing all of our sentiments at IndyCar Radio at the end of that interview thanking all the great folks at St. Louis who made their way out. Uh, to Gateway Motorsports Park for a fantastic race weekend. And, you know, congratulations to Connor and that team, A.J. Foyt Racing, on the top five run. I can't begin to tell you just how badly... That organization needed a good result as 2017 has been a rough one for the Indianapolis Houston-based team. And on that note, want to take a quick minute to wish all the folks down in Houston that have had their lives absolutely turned upside down uh, due to the massive rainfall from Hurricane Harvey. There are a lot of folks up here in the Midwest that are thinking about you all down there. And uh, if you want to help, I encourage you to donate what you can to the Red Cross or perhaps some more grassroots Houston-based charity as well as that community has a long road ahead to clean up and rebuild. Well, there's just two events remaining in the championship, and once again, it looks like a four-driver battle for the Verizon IndyCar Series championship. Right when you thought that Will Power was going to parlay his win at Pocono into a late-season charge, his crash on the first green flag lap drops him 83 points behind New Garden in the championship and I think pretty much out of the running for the title. Same can be said for guys like Graham Rahal, Alexander Rossi, and Takuma Sato who just simply haven't been able to keep pace with the front runners and the standings. Uh, But with the way Joseph Newgarden's running right now, I don't know if it's even a four-horse race. His championship lead is 31 points over 2nd place Scott Dixon, 42 markers over 3rd place Elio Castroneves, and 43 points over 4th place Simon Pagino. All of those gaps can be made up in a heartbeat, especially with the finale in Sonoma being worth double points, but as I said, that's not going to matter if New Garden continues this incredible stretch he's on right now. Last six races, you've got a sixth-place finish at Iowa for Newgarden, two second-place finishes at Road America and Pocono, and three wins at Toronto, Mid-Ohio, and then last Saturday night at Gateway. Saturday night's win was also the first ever on an oval for the 26-year-old in IndyCar competition. So, Newgarden is not only on the best team in the sport, but it also appears he can win on just about every type of racetrack. Just another sign that we may be entering the Joseph Newgarden era of IndyCar racing as the Hendersonville, Tennessee driver closes in on his first championship. Hey, I want to take a quick second to tip the cap to Sebastian Bourdais who made his return to Verizon IndyCar competition at Gateway after that scary accident at Indy. First, Jake Query caught up with his car owner, Dale Coyne, and the two discussed the 2018 season and the remarkable fact that Bourdais was even able to get back behind the wheel of a race car this season. If you could just speak to the courage of Sebastian Borde
3: and obviously the commitment to get himself healthy and back in the race car.
4: Well, he, he proved a surgeon wrong because after the operation ended, he said oh, there's no way he's done for the season. And here he is, you know, back a month before the season ends. So he, he's worked very hard this summer to get himself fit and get after it. He worked out, started working on it immediately, uh, working in the pool before he could put weight on and so he He deserves to be back in the car.
3: Was there a particular moment or a particular time during his rehabilitation when you went home and thought to yourself, by golly, this guy's going to get this done this season because you could see it in his eyes?
4: Well, we could always see it in his eyes, but it was obvious, became obvious in July, and and he saw his doctor, and they, they cleared him to do a, a test, not a full-day test, but kind of a shakedown run at Mid-Ohio, and he was, he was incredibly strong at Mid-Ohio. Neck was a little weak because he'd been out of a car for a couple of months, but... but uh, but his hips and all that were
3: fine. The install app is complete. I know that you guys want to get to work here and obviously, pardon the pun, back up to speed. But let me ask you, he's in car number 18. Let's talk about 2018. You had, obviously, a long audition, if you will, from Esteban Gutierrez, who was impressive at times this year. You have the rookie Ed Jones, who's had a strong campaign. What is Dale Coyne's thought process for next season?
4: We want, we want the best two-car team we can get. Um, you know, we're talking to both of those guys, obviously, and, and, and other people have talked to us, so there's a lot going on right now. It's going to be kind of an interesting, silly season, but uh, Sebastian's back with us next year, so it's a question of who's in the 19 car right now.
3: Do you have a time frame on when you would know who that second driver would be?
4: I'm hoping by uh, October we know. What's
1: that? No TBAs for Dale Coin Racing in 2018? I'll believe it when I see it. As for Sebastian, what a drive Saturday night as he completed all 248 laps and brought that Honda home with a well-earned 10th place finish.
0: Yeah, I mean it wasn't an easy race. We we knew the race, the, the car was not perfect and uh, I had some really complicated restarts. I don't know what was going on but I got loose three times and uh, almost stuffed it and so went to the back of the pack. And the guys did a really good job in the pits and uh, got us back uh, in contention there at the end. And uh, I finally had a good restart and a couple of wobbles in front of me, and I benefited from it. And, uh, you know, just really happy with that top ten. It's uh, a good way to uh, salvage something on this weekend. How do you feel? you ready for Watkins Glen? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I'm going to have to buy myself a pair of arms. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, it'll be a bit better at uh, Watkins. I'll probably be a bit more in my comfort zone and a
1: bit easier to rebuild confidence. Next up on the IndyCar Radio Weekend Rewind Podcast, the historian of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Donald Davidson, joins us with another moment in motorsports history.
2: There was a fairly significant statistical accomplishment which took place during the most recent Indianapolis 500, which passed by completely unnoticed and very likely even by the driver who recorded it. The record for the greatest number of race laps turned during a 500 career by a driver stands at 4,909, logged in between 1958 and 1962 by A.J. Foyt. Ranking second a little way behind at 4,356 is Al Unser. Third, for quite a number of years, was Gordon Johncock with a rather distant 3,158, but that was surpassed in 2007 by a driver who then, for the next several years, provided the answer to one of our favorite trivia questions, namely, who ranks third behind Foyt and Al Unser in the all-time laps completed category? And the answer was 3,173 laps by Al Unser, Jr. Well, time matches on, and little Al can no longer make that claim. During the 2017 500, Johncock was bumped from fourth to fifth, Al Jr. from 3rd to 4th by Elio Castroneves. Indeed, the three-time winner, who came with an eye-blink of edging Takuma Sato this past May, completed the full 200 laps for an unbelievable 13th time. All of this helped boost his total of number of laps to 3,254 laps, third only to A.J. Foyt and Al Unser. This has been Donald Davidson with another moment in motorsports history. Get your tickets for the 102nd running of the Indianapolis 500. Go to ims.com or call 1-800-822-4639.
1: Well, it should be fun to see just how many more laps Elio Castroneves can put under his belt at Indianapolis before he calls it an amazing career. A big thank you to the historian of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Donald Davidson, and our producer Chris Pollack for another moment in motorsports history. Well, it's another short week for those of us that travel with the Verizon IndyCar Series since it's off to New York this upcoming weekend. The president of Watkins Glen International Speedway, Michael Prinup joined IndyCar Radio anchor Mark Janes and Gateway as the two previewed the IndyCar Grand Prix at the Glen on September 3rd.
0: Well, it's uh, always uh, a thrill uh, to head to one of the most historic venues, not only in North America, but the world, in fact. We're talking about Watkins Glen International, and uh, happy to have with us the president of Watkins Glen, Michael Prentip, with us. And, uh, Michael, i I, got to tell you, amazed at how quickly things came together one year ago, after the race at Boston was canceled, you and your folks stepped up along with IndyCar to fill that hole in the schedule. I did a phenomenal job of putting that event together. So how much easier has it been for you now that you've had a year to plan for, for visit number two?
5: Well, you, you know, it's never easy to put it together. I mean, the race schedule is, is so uh, is so consuming, and obviously times of promoting it. But you know what? With in, the IndyCar folks, I'll tell you what, there's no – There's nobody better to work with than Jay and Steven and everybody, Mark, everybody, their entire team. And I include Mark because he's just as involved as anybody else. It is so awesome to work with the team and and get this thing kicked off. And obviously we kicked it off last year and then got renewals going. And and we're just excited, as you can tell. Just uh, can't wait. And we're only five days away. Uh, we're ready to open up the gates right now if we could, but we've got to mow some grass and get some things ready first.
0: Well, I, I know that uh, it, it date equity is a large part of uh, of, of, of success in terms of, of any event at any venue, and it appears as though uh, this date that we've settled on for Watkins Glen uh, appears to work well, and so there's, there's no reason to think that it's going to change for the foreseeable
5: future, is there? No. I mean, what we've talked about with IndyCar obviously is keeping it the same for next year um, you know, 2018 next year, um, you know, date equity is important. Um, you know, you gotta teach your local base, uh, the date and, and it, you know, that sounds like an easy, easy statement, but it's not an easy equation, you know? So you, you gotta get out there and pump it up. And that's what IndyCar and WGI have been working on really hard. It's just, you know, yeah, it is Labor Day weekend, but it's a lot of fun. It's the Northeast. It's a historic road course. Uh, you know, it's all those good things that we all put together, but, uh, there's nothing better than seeing those Indy cars as fast as they are, and might remind everybody they set the world record, or the North American speed record last year. I
0: right. took it
5: away from my good friend, George he's out at uh, Road America. Um, you know, sorry for George, but uh, happy for Watsonville International.
0: Michael Prentip, the uh, president of Watkins Glen International, is our guest. So, uh, obviously, camping is uh, one of the most popular ways to enjoy any event at Watkins Glen. But I think over the past several years, uh, what I have noticed is uh, some of the additions and some of the grandstands, for those who like a grandstand seat, you have some tremendous vantage points in terms of uh, viewing the action at Watkins Glen to offer fans.
5: Yeah, you know, we have tens of thousands of seats. I mean, you know, obviously not nothing compared to like Indianapolis, of course, uh, being the biggest and the best in the world. But, uh, you know, um, we, we, we do have a lot of good seats. But you know what we've done as well is we've added some great amenities for this year. We've put out two big viewing decks. Uh, so it's going to be brand new for IndyCar this year. So you're going to see on the top of the S's, turn two, uh, there's a big viewing platform. It's called the party deck. And then out in turn 11, the final turn, there's another viewing deck that we put in. Um, so you can see them. You can literally up there, you can see them in the boot, through the chute, into turn 10, into turn 11, and watch them disappear down into turn one so you know it's it's you got to keep doing stuff you got and i call it stuff because you got to keep creating amenities for the fans and having fun with it you know and and so we wanted to build I we originally wanted to build more grandstands we thought we better not let's see what the see, see what everything's about and we by building these viewing platforms that can hold hundreds of hundreds of people each we found a better fit for the fan found a better fit for viewing and something that's more social versus just sitting in a seat and being locked in with, you know, you can only talk to your left and to your right. Uh, By putting these big decks up and investing in the future, um, we think that we found a, 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 we think we found a recipe for a little bit more social uh, atmosphere.
0: Well, www.theglen.com. you can get details on tickets and all of the amenities. Is it wrong for me to suggest that I can literally hear the excitement in your voice at the visit by the Verizon <laughs> car Series in five days?
5: <laughs> you know, uh, I, I started in this sport a, a long time ago with Roger Penske out at California Speed when it was California right. Speedway. And I'm, I tell you what, I'm even more – I thought I was excited then. I am so excited I was excited when I got here in '09, and IndyCar was here. And then, you know, we, we couldn't make it work for for a lot of reasons. It doesn't really matter why, but Jay and Steven and Mark were, and we were able to put it together. For now, I am. I mean, and the whole team is so excited. And we've been we've been had a much longer runway to get this event up and running, and we're happy about that. We got more corporate exposure coming. I know IndyCar's working their tail off. So, I'm telling you what, like you said, I could open tomorrow. My team would kill me if they heard me say that because I know they want to finish dotting the I's and crossing the T's. But we're ready to go.
0: Well, uh, we are honored to have the opportunity to come and fly our trade at Watkins Glen. You and your staff, the most gracious of hosts, and we look forward to seeing you in just a few days.
5: Well, we can't wait either,
0: so
1: thank you very much. We appreciate it. Michael Prentup, the president of Watkins Glen International Raceway. So what's on tap from Watkins Glen this weekend, you ask? Well, let me tell you. First of all, you've got the Soul Red Finale as championships will be decided and scholarships handed out from Mazda in the USF 2000 Pro Mazda and Indy Lights series. We know Kyle Kaiser is going to take the title in Indy Lights as long as he just starts the final race of the season which you can of course hear on IndyCar Radio at 1050 Eastern on Sunday. As for the IndyCar race the question is of course can anyone slow down Joseph Newgarden as he charges to his first Verizon IndyCar title. Hey if there's a guy that can do it at Watkins Glen it's no doubt Scott Dixon who is the defending winner of the event to go along with three additional wins at the Glen. You can hear Mark James, Davey Hamilton, and our entire crew Sunday for live coverage at 1 o'clock Eastern on September 3rd. Well, that's going to do it for another IndyCar Radio Weekend Rewind podcast. I'm Nick Yeoman, and we'll talk to you this weekend from Watkins Glen International.